because the other common misconception that I get from folks is that they, they'll call me at 64 and a half and they'll say, Josh, well, I know I have to sign up for Medicare. I know I have to. I'm going to be penalized for the rest of my life. I'm going to miss this time. And I stop them there because as long as you have other coverage, so as long as you're working somewhere, as long as your spouse is working somewhere where you're getting that coverage from their employer, you can delay these Medicare choices later on. And a lot of folks are doing that. We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios. This is Brett, and with me as always is Carol. How are you? I'm good, Brett. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, today um, we're going to be welcoming Josh Kinzel from Seniority Benefit Group, and we'll be discussing the issues and confusions on Medicare. It's open enrollment for Medicare recipients, and needless to say, there are always questions. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brett. Hi, Carol. It's good to see you again, Josh. Good to see you too. Yes. So um, as Brett said, there's a lot of mystery around Medicare. And what we are really trying to do for our listeners is to give them information and help them figure out all of their options. So even if an individual listening to us today isn't old enough for Medicare, they may have an older relative who is up for Medicare and they're just more questions than any of us could ever imagine. So why don't we look at actually um, what it is to navigate the system and um, with seniority benefit group and other connectors, how do you, what do you provide to demystify this process? Um, so give us a little bit about your organization. Okay, great. Thanks, Carol. And, and I want to just say demystify is such a great word. I'm going to start using that because it is, <laughs> it is so appropriate because people do approach Medicare. They approach the age of 65 and, and now all of a sudden they've always known it's out there, but now they have to actually make some choices for it. Or like you alluded to, they have to make some choices for their parents where this is even they're 45 and they said, Hey, I thought I had 20 years. And so how we came to be was in 2008, we realized that more and more of these employees, we used to be in the employer benefit world and more and more employers were saying, okay, Josh, what does Mr. Smith do about turning 65? And so we were getting more and more of those calls. And so my my boss said, you know what, let's just focus on this. We enjoy that aspect of it so much more than the employer benefit side of it, really. And so selfishly, right. we just focused all our attention to Medicare in 2008. And we started saying, we're going to start focusing on the Mr. Smith's turn of 65 because we realized there are a lot of things that it may seem simple to us who deal with it all the time, but when somebody is approaching this, it's, it's, that's not the case. Right. So our job is just to make sure that somebody, when they're approaching that age, feels comfortable about that and, and not scared about it. Take the Because there are a lot of scare tactic, tactics around that time, uh, phone calls, mailers. And so we wanted to be a local resource. We're in Dublin. We wanted to be a brick-and-mortar place that people could show up. Now, I know with COVID, it's a little different right now, but we're excited to be able to. It's it's My boss always refers it to as a busy restaurant. People are coming in, getting help, and, and where we're helping is just to say, okay, look, you're turning 65. All that means is that you have more options now. And so let's guide you through that pathway so you make sure when you do get to that point and you are on Medicare, that you're on the right path, that you've chosen the right plan, that that we have kind of looked at it for you. And we're holding your hand throughout that process. So we just try to take it from when you're 64 and really starting to get nervous about it maybe, 
bring a little bit of comfort into the equation. Um, we never charge anything for what we do. We feel that this the information is out there, so it's not proprietary necessarily. Mm-hmm. We just try to package it in a way that's understandable mm-hmm. and really help guide you into your your Medicare choices. Right. And mm-hmm. and those listeners who are not 65, don't be surprised that somebody doesn't ask you for help. I can remember only being in my 40s when Part D came out mm-hmm. and trying to help people. And there was no place to go for information to, to try to describe, to understand and describe the donut hole. Well, and it's <laughs> yes, yes, impossible. that is a, that's a topic that has been ingrained in our, our speech um, because it is specifically, and I know we're going to talk about it later on, but that drug component of it is really where people have a lot of fear, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. that's where we can not necessarily say everything is going to be rosy um, and, and be honest about it. But but I think a lot of people appreciate the fact that we say, look, this is how the, the system is set up. There is still a donut hole that is improving. The coverage gap is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are just a lot of things that people hear and most of it negative until you start talking about it. And, then it's, and then it's not as scary as what they came into it at. And and that's that's the issue. The more information you have, the less scared. Yes, you can you can right. make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do today. Okay, great. great. Mm-hmm. Well, let's make sure we have the overall understanding of Medicare and know the acronyms that come with it. Um, from what I gather, there are three basic areas that we need to remember: one, basic Medicare plan and what it covers; two, supplement plan and what it covers; as well as three, Part D pharmacy plan and what it covers. Uh, depending on the individual's needs and preferences, this could be three different parts of their health care or all rolled into one into an Advantage plan. Let's talk a bit more about that. That's already confusing right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where that – So let's kind of break it apart a little sure, bit. Yeah. Sure. And and that, again, is when we start to talk to somebody, that's what makes them scared is that mm-hmm. there's so many terms out there. But when we start to say, look – Medicare supplement is the same as Medigap that you've seen. Or when you talk to a neighbor that says, oh, I have Plan F, you got to go with Plan F. They're all kind of saying the same thing. So when we start to try to break it down into its fundamental senses, you're right, Brett, where it's original Medicare, that's Part A, and that's Part B. And that is through the government. That's not through private insurance companies. That's just through the government. A is your hospitalization. B is anything outside of the hospital. Um, But neither of those include prescription coverage. So if you showed up with your Medicare A and B, which some folks say, hey, look, I'm on Medicare now, I have Medicare, and they show up at a pharmacy, that's not going to cover their prescription piece of it. So other things had to come out of that. And insurance companies took the opportunity to say, okay, we know Medicare A and B doesn't cover everything. So as an insurance company, we'll come in here and help cover those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we say we know we have to have Medicare A and B. That's the building blocks of everything else. You have to have your hospitalization. You have to have your outpatient coverage. But that's going to cover about 80%. So then it leaves you with the 20% that is open-ended. There's no maximum out-of-pocket to that. And it also has no coverage when you go to the pharmacy. So that's where, Brett, like you were alluding to, there's those two fundamental pathways to go down. And I think that kind of brings a little bit of peace to or comfort to folks to say, okay, but I have 50 mailers. You're telling me that there's only really two basic pathways? And yes, there are two basic pathways. Yeah, You either go with a supplement to cover that other 20% and a Part D as in drug, drug plan, or you go with a Medicare Advantage to your point, Brett, that lumps everything together. 
so that your choices, you're just trying to manage your out-of-pocket, how much risk you want to take on. But we know we have to have Medicare A, hospitalization. We know we have to have Part B, um, which is your outpatient prescription or outpatient services. And then you decide how much more coverage you want right. and which of those two pathways are going to be best. And, and there, are, there are ways to figure which pathway is better. There are mm-hmm. uh, questions you need to ask yourself. So even though it sounds like this huge decision, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you're stuck with it for a year, mm-hmm. but... It, there really is a way to to manage your way through it. Well, and I think what people realize is when we have more of a conversation, just start talking through things, that that solution comes up where we're saying, and we're saying, well, how often do you see a doctor? Or, or do you have a chronic condition? Or how many medications are you taking right now? Or do you travel? Um, some of these qualifiers where when people start to answer questions a certain way, we say, well, in our expert opinion, then you're you're down this pathway of a supplement, a drug plan just makes some more sense, or or it doesn't. Maybe you don't need that level of coverage necessarily based on what you're telling me your your needs and wants are. Um, so that is it, it, it when you just start talking through it, uh, and I and I think what frustrates some people is after we go through the conversation, they say, well, what would you do? And and I always I always tell people I'm not trying to dodge the question, but everybody's unique in yes. this. So and and I just caution people too to don't assume that what your neighbor has is what's going to work for you. So make right. sure you have your own personal discussion, whether that's with a, a local person like myself or just some of the other resources that are out there because they are plentiful. Right. And it sounds just like retirement planning. Yes, quite frankly, sure, because oh, it, it's the same thing as you mentioned. Don't do what your neighbor says that they're doing because yeah. they're. Their retirement goals are more than likely totally different than what you're going to do. They're going to go mm-hmm. vacation every day of their retirement, and you're planning on just sticking around here mm-hmm. and enjoying Columbus. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a totally different retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what you're talking about, setting up these questions that kind of lead you down that path to this is probably the choice you're looking at because of all the factors you're talking about. It's very similar to retirement planning. Sure. And, and uh, our goal for the podcast is – to discuss a topic, but to make sure people have resources. All right. So my first question is, mm-hmm. John Doe is going to turn 65. Mm-hmm. The first thing that's going to happen is he's probably going to get some materials in the mail, mm-hmm. f- the the official Medicare materials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got to read it. It's long, but you got to read it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about what are the kinds of things people are going to start seeing and how what should be their first steps? Yes. Okay. So when you're approaching that age of 65, the one thing I tell people is your mailbox is going to explode. And because every insurance company out there wants to tell you that they're the best thing since sliced bread. And, but what I remind folks is the only real official mail that you don't want to throw away is your Medicare card that will come to you if, but only if you're drawing your social security benefit check at that time as you're turning 65. So if you've chosen to pull your Social Security check through your own working history or a spouse or someone else and you're approaching 65, Medicare will send you your card. So keep an eye out in that mail and that stack of mail for your Medicare card that will come about six or about four months, excuse me, prior to your 65th birthday. Other than that, though, if you're not drawing Social Security, 98% of this that's coming to your mail is a solicitation. So just be aware that there are a lot of... um, 
The marketing budgets of these insurance companies are huge. They want to make it seem like you need to read this. And yes, you do. You do want to become educated. But what we found is when we show up to someone's home where they bring in all the solicitation is that you can weed through it pretty quickly with with some of the right guidance. But as you're approaching 65, if you're pulling Social Security, make sure you look out for your Medicare card. But right. if you throw it away, you're not going to be the only one that's done that. Oh, no. So um, you offer a recycling bin at the office. Exactly. They bring all that stuff shred in. Shred day. Yeah, shred yes. day. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but other than, than that, really, when you're approaching it, you don't have to worry about what's coming in your mail because – you can – what you see on TV, you'll probably see it there, and then you'll also get a slip for it in your, your mail. Or you can reach out to, to someone like us that we probably have it in our basement as well. But the main point that you – it's not so much looking for something in your mail necessarily, but more so wrapping your head around, do I need Medicare right at 65? Because the other common misconception that I get from folks is that they, they'll call me at 64 and a half and they'll say, Josh, well, I know I have to sign up for Medicare. I know I have to, or I'm going to be penalized for the rest of my life. I'm going to miss this time. And I stop them there because as long as you have other coverage, so as long as you're working somewhere, as long as your spouse is working somewhere where you're getting that coverage from their employer, you can delay these Medicare choices later on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks are doing that beyond the age of 65. That's not your traditional retirement age anymore. And so what I, when people say, well, what should I try to do? It's, I try to tell them, start preparing for deciding whether or not you're going to ne- necessarily need Medicare at 65. Or are you going to work beyond that? Or is your spouse going to work beyond that? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can delay it. So what I always want people to know is just to make sure and look specifically at their situation. So check with your employer, check with your HR department. If you are a retiree and collecting your your insurance through a retiree type of situation, those are going going to be times where you have to enroll in Medicare. And so we have to do that in a timely fashion. Um, but sometimes there are that is that possibility to delay it. So don't Think that just because you're approaching 65, you have to get on Medicare, but it is a discussion that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And and that's the reminders that we give folks is that go back to who's ever administering your plan and check that, those specifics. Right. Yeah. So as someone turns 65, they need to understand their own medical history and needs in order to choose the best plan for them, as we kind of alluded to earlier. Um, how does an individual describe? describe their health issues and physical abilities. Are there specific areas in each plan that an individual should pay very close attention to as well? Well, the one statement I'll make there is sometimes people, they're concerned with when they get to Medicare that some things aren't going to be covered that they've been used to having covered through their employer individual plan. And for the most part, though, again, general statement is if it's being covered right now by an individual policy or an employer policy that you have currently, more than likely Medicare will cover it as well in some fashion. And then it just goes back to whether or not we're on that supplement or whether or not we're on a Medicare Advantage, how much of those bills you'll have to pay for those services. But the actual bottom line is that a lot of the employer plans go to Medicare first to see what they cover and, and back it into their plans. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about conditions and, and physical abilities, there are some regulations actually from, from our industry that we can't pry too far, believe it or not, into somebody's health conditions. But when we're talking to somebody, that's where it comes back to people know if they are someone that utilizes the plan a little bit more, that you need to see some doctors. When we say that the main qualifiers that we have initially are – 
what doctors do you see normally? Uh, what hospitals do you want to have in a network? What medications? And so if somebody sends us a, a very long list, we kind of know and we can back into it that way. Um, asking if there are some chronic conditions that they have that they have to maintenance through medications or, or trips. Um, but I, I, the, the key that we want to spend um, when we're talking about those conditions, though, when we're looking at different options for folks, we just have to make sure that of those specialists and of those facilities that you may have to have those services done, we want to make sure that your plan, the bigger portion of it and the bigger thing is, is make sure that those providers are in the network. So be very, very honest about your needs then yes. basically in that, mm-hmm. in that planning stage. Well, mm-hmm. and, and too, and when you're looking at providers, um, one of the situations that I heard about um, was that uh, the the new Medicare um, recipient had a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of questions as to whether that nurse practitioner would be um, considered in those different um, categories or mm-hmm. in those different plans. So mm-hmm. that really made the decision mm-hmm. on which plan to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, you, you, you really have to be, you have to be truthful with yourself mm-hmm. and truthful with whoever is helping you through this process. And, you're not asking people questions because you want to know the nitty gritty. I mean, really, who yeah. wants to know the nitty gritty? But it 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 does make a difference in the guidance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the more that you're you're willing to divulge to someone like us, um, it's just helpful in the recommendation. Right. Doesn't mean you have to take it um, because obviously it's up to you. But the more that the more information you can provide about your lifestyle, about some of the things that are going on. Um, it's just helpful. It's, it, it just makes it easier. I mean, it could be something to the point that you're here in Ohio six months a year and you're in Florida right. for six months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if you don't have transferable insurance, which most are, but if you look at a, a local plan that mm-hmm. really only covers local systems, that's not going to do you any good in Florida. So th- even just the, that comment mm-hmm. makes a big difference in what you can and, choose. And, mm-hmm. and here in Ohio, I'm thinking too, we're pretty lucky with ha- to have some really large systems that even go out into rural areas. But mm-hmm. I am guessing that in a lot of rural areas, you have to be really careful because the, you know the, the the doctor isn't in your back door, the hospital yep. isn't in your back door like it is in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, that all leads to that decision of which, when we get to that fork in the road of a supplement versus Medicare Advantage, all those things that we're talking about help guide down where if you're in a rural area, for instance, that's where maybe a supplement does come in handy because now you're not beholden to any network other than Medicare. So yes, right. all of this factors in. And bottom line, as as I, you know, be truthful with yourself because this is going to impact your ability to pay for whatever is not covered. Mm-hmm. And there are things that, you know, are going to come up at some point in time, um, types of medication that may not be covered, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So mm-hmm. the better you do, the more research you do, the better it's going to be in the long run. Mm-hmm. And And that's where I tell folks that let us be the ones that – do that research for you. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you certainly could look through the Medicare and You Handbook, which is a fantastic resource too, but it's information overload for a lot of folks. Right. And so if you find somebody that's, this is what they do day in and day out, may, it's not as if you can't figure this out. It's not right. as if they couldn't go through the process. All the information's out there. But one of the keys to it is just, if you can find somebody that you trust, obviously, and if this is all they do and they're not charging any extra for it, utilize the resources that are there. Because another thing that we are very fortunate in, in the Columbus area, at least, and, and across the United States, 
is there are there are resources out there for folks. We just have to find them. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and the one thing that I think um, having that material in front of you and taking a look does help with the language and the acronyms. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you're working with your resource, you make mm-hmm. sure you're on the same page. Well, and I can definitely tell, and and no judgment in the statement, but I can definitely tell if someone has tried to do this on their right. own as far as being able to at least know the lingo a little bit versus someone that said, I wasn't even going to deal with this. I'm going to let you start from scratch. <laughs> yes, um, tell me that again. Th- yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. right. so, yeah, we just talked about it. Part mm-hmm. D, mm-hmm. pharmacy plans. Mm-hmm. It's critical. It mm-hmm. is just critical. I don't think people realize how expensive medication has gotten over the past few years. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what we should watch for. Mm-hmm. And and the main thing with prescription drugs that I like to tell folks is it's going to be a little different than what you're used to when it when you had it through an employer plan or an individual policy where you could get used to the consistency of even though maybe it was a high dollar every month at the pharmacy, when you get into Medicare, it can turn into a little bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And how that happens is there is a basic structure on these drug plans. And there's four basic steps to it where there could be a deductible where you have to pay everything up until you hit that deductible. So everything's out of your pocket there. Then once you hit your deductible, you pay a copay. So a different price that you had just paid maybe the month before. Then there's this the coverage gap, this donut hole that arises once mm-hmm. you've spent so much in a year where now you pay a percentage. And then beyond that, it's it's for folks who have very expensive medications. You get into a catastrophic situation where it's another cost. So what we attempt to do, let people know up front, is that it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. You could have the same medication that you're filling at the same pharmacy all year long and pay four different four different prices for it. Right. So what we found to be helpful is, and there there are ways to do this, is just when you have that list of medications that you're punching in, that it will tell you what they estimate for the year to cost. So you try to put that aside, knowing that some months are going to be a little lower, some mm-hmm. months are going to be a little higher, trying to get people, because I think what people get tripped up with too, information is definitely power with this. And even though you may not want to hear that in June, your medications are going to skyrocket a little bit, but they'll come back down, at least you're prepared for it. So part of our job really is to make sure we haven't created these plans, but we want to make sure we explain them so you understand them and you're aware of what's going to come up. Um, So the biggest difference with these prescription plans is it's a little bit of that roller coaster. Right. The The other aspect to them that people don't realize, and which is fair, is that the pharmacy that you fill them is really going to make some difference sometimes where a CVS could be different than a Kroger. A Mm -hmm. Giant Eagle Mm -hmm. could be different than a Walgreens. And people don't go that extra step of saying, well, yeah, I'm used to CVS, but if all I have to do is transfer it over to Walgreens and I can save a little bit, why not do that? So really want to make sure people are aware of the overall cost for the year. And then that pharmacy shopping is something that you want to be able to do. Well, and it's just Mm -hmm. like really making sure that your doctors are covered under the plan that you're Mm -hmm. picking, Mm -hmm. that if if your pharmacy is not covered, Mm -hmm. can you get covered? Yeah. Uh, Because again, in some places, there may be a CVS and no Walgreens. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, on prescriptions I've noticed that's happened recently, a lot of times we weren't able to get 30 days of, of a prescription unless you did it by mail. Mm-hmm. And so we were used to going every month. Well, then all of a sudden, 
you go to the pharmacy without anybody warning you, and you've got three months, which is great. You don't have to go every month, but now it's a three the, cost, charge. the cost is three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So. so, and sometimes it's just, it, it, it's it's what we don't know yet when right. we go into it is that people are a little hesitant to use it for the first time because they just but I will say for our for our longer tenured clients that we've we've touched base with every fall it is something you get used to um not that we 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 don't want to get used to the high cost of medications but at least we have the security of knowing that yeah it might be a 90 day charge it might be higher in June and July but at the end of the day those medications that we need are going to be covered we just have to be aware of how much they cost um, I, I have a question that's sort of off topic here mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you see on the commercials where you've got those little GoRx cards mm-hmm. or GoodRx yeah. cards or whatever it is. Yeah. Are those legitimate? They are legitimate, yes. And that's helpful. And there. it can be helpful, yes. So just another aspect to this is you can use your prescription plan, but you can also use these these coupons that are out there. And there are a lot of them, GoodRx being one of them that mm-hmm. seems to work well. I use that for my family. We're not we on Medicare, too, but right? we use it because yeah. – and it's yeah. one of those things that people say, well, how does this work? I don't necessarily know, but I know <laughs> it does work. And I know you can use it with with your um, prescription drug plan through Medicare. The other warning, for lack of a better term, is – when people get to the Medicare world and the prescription specifically is sometimes they don't realize how much their medications really truly cost. Exactly. And when a lot of people are accessing these more expensive medications through manufacturer discounts. So when we're starting to talk to somebody and, and we say that a certain medication is going to cost maybe $1,500 this year mm-hmm. and they go, oh, no, well, I have a card, a discount card that's only $5 a month. One of the worst parts of my job is I have to tell them those discount cards, for whatever reason, no longer work when you're on Medicare. So another thing to be kind of preparing yourself for is some of those brand name medications that you're taking. Maybe start having those conversations with your doctor to see if there are any generic alternatives. Sometimes there's not. Um, but if there is, that's that's something that we would recommend. But the and I and I hope this changes. They always talk about changing this. But at the, this moment in time, you could have at sixty four and, and eleven months not on Medicare. You could have a manufacturer discount for your five hundred dollar medication where you're only paying five dollars for it. Copay card. As soon as you roll over into a prescription drug plan, that goes away. Right. And so that's just something that again trying to tell people up front. It's not news we like to deliver, but at least it's something that you have to be aware of. And and it could be a really good reason why you decide to delay Medicare mm-hmm. if you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that even if an individual gets through their first year of Medicare, no problems, uh, there may be issues that they wish they knew about before making decisions on health plans. Can you share what you see as mistakes or problems that individuals often undergo during that first year? It, could it be avoided and, and maybe a list of things to watch out for to avoid making obvious mistakes? Sure, sure. I think one of the most common misconceptions is when people view this open enrollment time with that we're, we're, it's upon us where you can make changes to your plan between October 15th and December 7th. 
Sometimes people make the assumption that you can change any plan you want to any other plan you want without any medical questions because when you first are eligible for Medicare, you can go to any insurance company you want. You can go to any type of plan you want. And again, no medical questions. So people assume that they always have that freedom to move about the cabin. And so I keep going back to you have those two basic pathways. And so when I do warn folks and it is that if we go one pathway, we may not be able to go to the other without those medical questions, mm-hmm. even if we do it within an open enrollment time. So sometimes people will be attracted to, let's say, Medicare Advantage, for instance, to go back a little bit, where these are the plans that you see on TV mm-hmm. that you don't pay any extra premium for. And people say, well, that sounds great. And then maybe because I don't go to the doctor very often right now, and I'll just wait for an open enrollment. And then when I maybe need to go to the doctor more often, I'll just jump over to one of those Medicare supplements that I hear about that cover everything. And yeah, I'll pay the premium. And But at that point in time, those insurance companies are allowed to ask you medical questions, which they weren't at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the biggest thing. And really just don't fall prey to something that, that looks great on TV um, where you really have to I keep going back to the network piece of this is because that's where I, I feel bad for someone who can come to us maybe after making the decision on their own and saying, hey, look, this plan is awful. And, and I said, well, did, did you take the extra step of at least finding, making sure that all your doctors and hospitals are in? And they go, well, no, but the, the person that called me on the phone made this sound like it was the greatest thing. So the, the, the network piece of it, um, just make sure you look at those before we go with one of the Medicare Advantage. They, they can work very well, but be aware of the networks and be aware that there can be some medical questions later down the line. That, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And I, I do remember... Um, hearing from individuals telling us to be careful because mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you can't, you can, you can go Medicare to Advantage, but you can't always go Advantage back to Medicare. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, um, and given that we're not really sure what's going on in Congress right yeah. now, uh-huh. um, can it, do we have any indication that there's any changes that are going to be made for 2021 or do well, we the, know? The, the one change that is, beneficial that we know of that is going to be implemented for some of these insurance plans is help for people on insulins. And so insulins are one of those medications that that can be very, very costly. Mm -hmm. And and it's something that obviously people aren't choosing to be on insulin, but it's they need it to survive and, and for quality of life. And what on some of these plans they are capping what you have to spend for insulin at thirty five dollars a month. Wow! And it's and it's also not going toward your Medicare um, donut hole that you're worried about too. So when you're if you're on one of these plans that have the thirty five dollar insulins, you don't have to pay it towards your deductible. You don't have to pay it into your your coverage gap. So that is the one. Very good thing that that we've seen. The other thing that has been happening since the Affordable Care Act has been implemented is that donut hole again, to bring that up, is how it became known as the donut hole or coverage gap is when prescription drug plans came out and you were in that gap, you paid 100% for your medications. There was no coverage. It was as if you were in a hole. And with the Affordable Care Act, which was great, is that they were shrinking that. And so now when someone's in that, that coverage gap, you pay 25% of your medication. So again, not free, certainly, but you're not paying 100% any longer. And that will continue to be, to be there as well going forward. Um, 
But other than that, no major shakeups. Every year, Medicare does come out with a new uh, premium of what you pay for the the Part B piece of it. Uh, that, but that hopefully won't change much. We're not hearing that that's going to change much. Deductibles for Medicare change slightly. Uh, but the big thing that we are excited about, because we have a lot of folks who take insulins. That's just the reality of life. And so we're, we're really looking forward to being able to to transition maybe to a plan that helps that a little bit. Okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been a great overview of Medicare. Highly expected this is what was going to be this episode. <laughs> I was glad because we knew we got to the right person. I knew we were going to do that. So um, any last words of wisdom? What I don't be shy to ask for help. I know that's the, uh, you probably hear this across all industries, but really there are folks out there like us um, that are local. If you're more of a face-to-face type of person, you don't want to be called on the phone. Uh, obviously, COVID's a little bit different now. We're all struggling with it a little bit, but in normal times, we're somewhere you can go in. You don't have to be worried about being steered one way or another. Just really just ask for help. Don't don't be stressed about making this decision. I always tell folks that it is, it's just another way of picking your insurance. I know that that makes it very simplistic, but maybe just trying to make it not seem so monumental of a choice that, yeah, maybe we can't make all the changes at any time that we want, but we're not making the decision necessarily for the rest of our lives. Um, so just, just make sure you use the resources that are out there. Yeah. You know, we didn't ask, and it just came to mind too, mm-hmm is that, okay, you do know that you're going to retire at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's not the 65, it could be mm-hmm. 66, 67, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a like a mark in time when you decide, okay, I'm going to retire in November of my 67th year? Mm-hmm. Should they get a hold of you or someone like you, like yep. maybe six months prior to that or a year? I can't, it, that, is there a time period that's, good, that's wise? Yep, yep. Um, and, and there's always people on both ends of the spectrum there where Mm -hmm. somebody will call me and say, well, I'm planning on retiring in five years. What do I need to do now? Which is fine. And and that's more how I operate anyway, so I can relate. (laughs) But, But on the other side of the coin, just this morning, someone called and said, I'm retiring at the end of this month. I lose my benefits October 1st. What do I need to do about Medicare? Oh, and they're still going to be okay at right. the end of the day. Uh, again, it's it's a little bit more frantic than what I would choose personally. But at the end of the day, that individual that I talked to this morning will have coverage on October 1st and they'll mm-hmm. be okay. And they but, may not have known because our HR person didn't tell them until, well, oh, yeah. by the way, yeah. you don't have – and it's like, oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. But a sweet spot, I would say, that six months is really kind of a good good. because then you're having the conversation without that deadline staring us in the face necessarily so you can have an initial conversation to kind of wrap your head around the basics of things and knowing that as it gets closer maybe the three months out maybe the two months out we actually start turning the paperwork with you Mm -hmm. Um, but so six months really is a good amount of time good Mm -hmm. wonderful Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. Good. well josh we want to make sure that folks know how to get a hold of you Mm -hmm. and seniority benefit group Mm -hmm. and um also general information about Medicare. So for our listeners, all of this information will be listed in the show notes. So okay, great. check on that. And mm-hmm. uh, if you have questions from for Josh from this episode, then you can contact him right. um, mm-hmm. through that information. Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you so much. It was wonderful to see you again. Yes, yes. And thanks. And to, to get an opportunity to uh, touch base and to also 
give this great information to our listeners. We appreciate it. Well, I, I'm happy to do it. And, and I'll just throw a plug out to anybody else that may be listening. If Brett and Carol call you to be on this podcast, they are fantastic to work with. <laughs> I came in here very, very nervous. This is my first podcast. I'm walking away feeling like I'm an expert now. They, they just, star. they really just <laughs> they make you feel great. So if, if anybody's on the fence and they call you to come and talk about what you're an expert in, Take the call, come on in, and, and this is just a great service. So I'm happy to be well, here. Thank you. Wonderful. And, thank and the, you. And the, and the limo's ready for you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs>